You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a writer and physician who practices family medicine and acupuncture in Thompson. Show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port at 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the work of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Ingen Jorgensen, Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormain.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel, a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where every body is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com. Sisters Sarah Kelly and Leah Robert are the founders of Salty Girl Boutique and a natural cosmetic line called Salty Girl Beauty. It's great to have you on today. Thanks Thanks so much for having having us. us. This is something that I've been interested in for a while because um, we know that health products or beauty products, I should say, aren't necessarily good for our health. And it seems to be something that maybe not as many people are aware of. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're both pretty aware of this. We are. Yeah. Um, So I started out my career working at Tom's of Maine. So it's always kind of been something that we were brought up using natural products. But then, but it was funny, it was more body care products and also eating organically and natural and whole foods and that kind of stuff. And then in 2015, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was, it makes you kind of rethink everything when that happens. And Leah is an oncology nurse. And so the two of us just kind of started really looking at what we put on our bodies. And so not only did the body care become important, but I realized my makeup case is just full of products that is not good for you. The mascara has formaldehyde in it. That's why it's water resistant. And all of those things that you're putting on every single day is just not not as good as you would want it to be and there's just so many great products out there and that's when Leah and I just started being like what are we doing yeah I think this could be a business for us and I think with my uh, career in nursing I don't think there's much education with patients um, about the products that they use at home it's what I do as a nurse is I give chemotherapy so I give treatment and you know after their treatment then they they live their lives and I feel like sometimes there's no follow-up on you know eating right you know what products to use um, and what products you have been using and what sometimes it can cause it now I'm not saying that beauty products cause cancer but you know when there is just as as effective products out there that you can use that will do the job that you know that you know include those include then why not um, and it's really nice that now my patients are are recognizing me, recognizing our brand and saying, oh my gosh, I've been on your website, I love your products. And I can start that conversation with them uh, before they go home after I treat them, which is really nice. One of the things that I've noticed with beauty products is that um, sometimes you have to work with maybe not getting as... Uh, well, effective, I guess, is a word for it, um, a product in order to get healthier products. And what you're suggesting is now there are better products that can be just as effective, can 
um, clean your face just as well. Mm-hmm. Can the makeup can look just as nice, yeah, um, and just not have extra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. There's been so much uh, research and scientific advancement over the last 25 years. So the deodorant that people might have started with as a teenager or as a or as what our parents might have used is so different now. There and there is a difference between the chemicals they stop they block things and then some of the natural approaches it is body chemistry so sometimes people might use that first deodorant or that first cream or something and it doesn't fit well with their body chemistry but it doesn't mean all natural products are like that Mm -hmm. so i think sometimes you do have to experiment a little bit to find out what the best approach is Mm -hmm. so i know i've gone through a couple different natural deodorants before i found the one that works for me um and that's an important thing but then from a cosmetic standpoint it's i think the products out there there's so many wonderful products out there that are just as effective that and they make your skin feel better um some of the skin problems that have been out there have been caused by the chemicals that are in these uh, conventional products and when you pick a natural product it's used with aloe or shea butter or mango butter and those are good things for your body so um and there's just not much regulation in the united states with uh using ingredients and I feel like people don't realize that and uh like there's I know that the um last article I read there's British literature out there saying parabens were found in breast tissue with women with breast cancer And, and so I mean there are there is research out there so it's you know, it's just what you, I guess, what you decide to do. I, what, do what do you do with that literature? And I think for Sarah and I, you know, if, if there's research out there, we want to educate educate ourselves. Sure. Yeah. Well, we know that in Europe and even in Canada, people are a lot more careful mm-hmm. about what they're using. Yeah. And in part because the government is helping right. regulate those things. There's only 11 mm-hmm. ingredients banned in the United States versus over... 1,300, yeah, 1,200 in, in the, the EU. EU. So it just, that that alone um, makes you step back and take a breath and be like, yeah. whoa, um, what, are, what are we using? Yeah. I have a, a special... Uh, concern about the younger women, especially my, for example, my 21-year-old daughter and my 16-year-old daughter. My son doesn't wear makeup, so you know, <laughs> I, you know, he can have healthier soaps, and that's good. But you know, they're they're getting into makeup and body care at a time where their bodies are still really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, um, for the longest time, I've tried to emphasize natural, healthy products. And they're expensive. Mm-hmm. The, and my kids, when they go to buy these at the store, they're like, you know, I have to decide between this very expensive natural product and this very inexpensive product that has all these chemicals in it. And as a parent, I can step in and be like, all right, well, I'll help you out with this. I'll right. help pay for this for a little while. Yeah. But it is an issue when you're out on your own and you're mm-hmm. on a limited, um, have a limited budget. Yeah. So how do you deal so with that? So for us, I mean, and our philosophy has always been pick the most important things that touch the biggest area of your body and go from there. Um, So when people are trying to make that switch, for example, I don't say throw away everything in your medicine cabinet and go buy new because that is cost prohibitive. I know when we were making the switch alone, it was, I ran out of my mascara. Okay, now you buy a new one. Took us a full year to go Really make that switch. And then 
you can also pick and choose those products that are more important to you. So I wear mascara every day as a redhead. That's important to me. So if I was going to pick and choose things, that is something I would invest in um, as a natural. I don't always wear foundation. So if I was looking at price, maybe I wouldn't and I could only choose certain things, maybe that's not the area that I would choose to spend my money in. So I think you can do it that way. And there are also products in all ranges. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, our product line is within the $20. Our lipsticks, our cheek tints, our concealer, mascara, the foundation's a little bit more expensive, but it lasts a while too. So, um, so and like I said, like there's Burt's Bees, which is a little bit lower. So you can pick, I think there's comparative brands out there in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. In our boutique, we sell things that are $120 creams mm -hmm. or $20 cream, you know, so you can really choose and pick that fits your budget. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing, especially with um, uh, younger, the younger generation is, and even with uh, women in general is deodorants I think is probably the most important thing to first switch over just because we you know we, sh we shave our underarms we nick our armpits and then we put toxic chemicals right right into our bloodstream um, so I think the first thing I we have to take care of our skin it's our largest organ so the, I think the number one thing that maybe if you're thinking about making the switch is kind of focusing on deodorants, which deodorants are so personal, you know, it's how you smell. <laughs> so it can be, it can be hard. <laughs> and I, and I agree um, to Sarah's point that it, it hasn't always been that you can find a natural deodorant that actually works. Yeah. And having right. experimented with many of these over time, um, you, sometimes you give, you give up Mm -hmm. quite a lot in order mm -hmm. to yeah. have a natural product but they are getting better and better yeah they are. so yeah. and it's then so sometimes cool. you can just if you're like okay well I can use my natural product this percentage of the time which is most of the time and then every so often you need to go with a product that maybe works a little bit better yeah, yeah. I mean know. I tell women when when you are making the switch for two weeks I mean bring your bring your conventional deodorant with you to work. So when that two o'clock time comes and you're starting to smell maybe a little, you just add a little more. But it can take up to, I think, a couple weeks for your body to get used to something like that. So, I mean, that's fine if you have to, you know, apply, you know, your deodorant that you were using before just to... Detox your yeah. body. Yeah, it is, it is your body detoxing itself, getting rid of all the toxins because it's been used to being suppressed mm -hmm. from a from a deodorant standpoint, at least. So, and I think Sarah and I, with our boutique, it's all about education. It's about our customers first. So when they do email us and say, "I got this one deodorant, it's not working," well, why don't you try this one? You know, I think we're we're very. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> we we want yeah we want you guys we want our customers to really love their products and find um, one that works for them. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty competitive um, market, is it not? It is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people who have resources that yeah. are funneling them into these types of products. So, mm -hmm. what has your experience been getting into this yourselves? I think. What differentiates Sarah and I is our story, um, and I mean everybody has a passion, you know, if you're in this industry on health and wellness. But 
I think with us, it's it's our story, but then also along with our boutique and our um, beauty line that we started, we also started a nonprofit, uh, registered 501c3, that's called Foundation for Love. So when I was going through treatment, I had a 15-month-old, and I was pregnant at the time as well. So, um, and me and my husband had just gotten married a couple months prior to that. So I think my family, my friends, they saw that me and my husband Chris really needed time together and just to unplug and unplug from what we were going through Um, because I went through uh, months of chemo and then radiation and surgery and so um, our foundation focuses on giving back to adults and many of the adults that we give back to are also young parents themselves Um, it's like almost like make a wish but for adults and on a smaller scale because we're small Uh, but we've given um, most recently a family in Massachusetts he had stage 4 stomach cancer he had a five and a seven-year-old and he wanted to bring his five-year-old daughter to her first red sox game so we were able to send the family to their first red sox game they were able to meet jackie bradley jr and they had a wonderful day and he passed away a month later so like to be able to give back in that way has been significant for us and it like always makes me a little (laughs) upset but to see what these people are going through and for us to be able to build our business on kind of that foundation of being able to give back. Not only are we educating about what's out there, trying to provide a really great product, but then also give back to our community is really meaningful for us. Yeah. (laughs) Leah, what was it like to watch your sister go through breast cancer, especially given that you were an oncology nurse? Well, I've been in this career, this, I've been a nurse for 10 years and um, you, for some reason, you think that yourself and your family's untouchable to cancer because of what you do. Don't ask me why I thought that, but I did. (laughs) And so I remember when my sister called and she was 32 weeks pregnant and she found a lump and, you know, we thought it was just her breast changing and I said, you got to go get an ultrasound, tell your OB, you know. And then when the diagnosis came back, um, I think it it made me become a better person in a way. I, oncology nursing has made me become just a better person in general. Um, I, you know, these patients that I take care of are so resilient. They're amazing. They come in with a smile on their face, and I know they go home, and they just feel defeated some days. And and then when I when I add my sister into that group, it's like, geez, like I know exactly what you're going through because my sister went through it. So sometimes I think I can relate to them on a different level than a nurse who maybe hasn't had a family member go through it. Um, And it was hard. I mean, I had to, I think at times um, I had to be, I wanted to be a sister first, especially and you know, a daughter to my parents who I saw them struggle. and that was really important. But then I, I needed to be a nurse, too, with my family and with my sister. Um, I felt bad. We were always calling yeah, Leah. I, I mean, like, they were, this is what's yeah. going on. What does it mean? She's I mean, like, call your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was hard. I mean, my father, I think, was the worst. <laughs> he would call me, what does this mean? What does this mean? Um, so it was just, you know, being there for them. But um, when I look back at it, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy that this happened to my sister. But... Um, I'm really happy that I was able to 
you know, have the experience that um, I have and um, just to be there for her. It definitely brought us closer. Yeah. And, it, and then it brought this business. Yeah. I mean, you know, we definitely took lemonade, lemons and, and turned it into lemonade. Um, and we've had one hell of a ride doing it, so. <laughs> when I... When I went through breast cancer myself, I was um, so surprised because I had tried to use natural products. I was aware of my makeup and my natural shampoos, and you know I didn't smoke, and I was a runner, and I ate I ate healthy foods, and you know the and people around me were shocked because and I had no family history, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this is the funny place that we get ourselves into is that we know what the risk factors are for things like breast cancer but we forget that most people who have breast cancer actually don't have for example a family history and many people don't really even have recognizable risk factors mm-hmm. so it's a funny mm-hmm. like i thought i did everything right yeah but you can still mm-hmm. get cancer that's exactly that's what, what everybody that's what everybody says and there's no there's no answer, you know, and especially when we educate women, you know, we're not saying, obviously we're not saying, you know, using all natural products will, you know, will, you know, decrease your risk tremendously. We don't know what's going to happen, but um, I think it's all about taking every precaution, yeah, I guess you and can, just being and aware. making the right, de- for us, the right decision, and we're, we always caution with the judgment or mm-hmm. telling people they have to use certain things because I really think you have to decide what's best for you at the end of the day and I hope people that come to us get that sense yeah. as well that um, we're definitely not saying you have to do this but these are our recommendations if you are looking to make those switches and like you said there's there's no foolproof way of avoiding cancer yeah. unfortunately because it does just discriminate we don't know it doesn't discriminate so i was 36 i'd run marathons i was healthy i mean yeah like you said there was no i no family history of any type of cancer in my in my family so it was definitely a shock but and that's why it's just you got to exercise, you have to eat right, and you have to choose healthy products because you just don't know what could be that trigger for your body that leads into cancer, I guess. And it's also something that um, there are more and more people who are being diagnosed younger and younger with all different types of cancer, Mm -hmm. uh, breast cancer specifically, but I think even colon cancer. Um, we've now seen is mm-hmm. their recommendation is 50 you get a colonoscopy but that might actually change yeah. Yeah. so there's a lot of stuff going on right now and our bodies are really mm-hmm. trying to deal with this but if we want to have long lives because we still have a pretty long life expectancy mm-hmm. as a as a American um, group then we kind of have to maximize our chances yeah. even if it's not a guarantee right mm-hmm. and I think so not only is it about using natural products for us but that trickles down, right? And so I think a lot of cancer, and, my, and this is just my opinion, has to do with the stress that we're exposed to and the environmental components that are in, 
in the environment now. And so if we use products that aren't using chemicals, then those chemicals aren't going into the environment. And so it's, it's all about the trickle down and creating the atmosphere that you want to live in. And so that's part of our philosophy and what we're doing. We're not using chemicals. We're taking that piece out of. It's like um, vegetarian, meatless Mondays. You go meatless one day and how that trickles down into the ecosystem of helping lessen the carbon footprint is tremendous. And so that's part of why we're, we do what we do as well. I think it all kind of comes back to one thing at the end of the day. It's also something, um, it's important to recognize that a lot of the things that maybe leading to cancer also are hormone disruptors. So even if people don't get cancer, they might um, have problems with early menopause, mm-hmm. or maybe they're going to struggle fertility. with their fertility, yeah. or, you know, I really believe that there is some sort of chemical something that's going on in the environment mm-hmm. that has caused people to have problems with losing weight mm-hmm. and, you know, being a thyroid disruptor. Mm-hmm. So again, can't it really prove any of this together. stuff, yeah. but yeah, it's all yeah, kind it's of all, in the same, yeah. 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 So the other thing that I think about is, as I said, my children, and I'm guessing that I mean, your children obviously are very young, Sarah, Mm -hmm. but at some point it's going to be nice that you're role modeling the behavior that you hope that they will someday take on themselves. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have a two-year-old daughter now and a three-year-old son. And like you said, recommending products to your teenagers is the same thing when I put on my makeup in the morning and my daughter wants to, or my son for that matter, (laughs) wants to grab my lipstick and put it on. I feel okay about them doing that. And when they're like, when they say, are you going to Salty Girl? Or can we come to Salty Girl with you? That makes me feel really proud. They're really excited about coming to the shop and seeing Seeing what we do do and and, how um, we interact with our community and the events that we put on. It's people that um, we help. It's pretty rewarding. Yeah. And so, I mean, Leah's obviously expecting in a couple of months and then I have my two, and I hope they always look up to us and think that we're doing things that are changing the world a little bit. Why is it called Salty Girl? Do you want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you know Sarah and I, um, we're two redheads. Uh, we're pretty sassy. Um, we're confident, and so what a Salty Girl means to us is just being the best woman you can be, uh, be confident, be beautiful, be sassy, just be your authentic self. And a little badass. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> Forgot that. That's huge, actually. I think it was on our packaging. Be, being a little badass, I think that's awesome. So that's what that means. Yeah. And is there something special about the fact that you are here in Maine with your product line being Maine-based? Well, we uh, grow, well, we we moved to Kennebunk. Uh, I was gosh. in college and yeah. Leah was starting high school here. So the, Leah grew up more so here. Yeah. But yeah. It, we, I grew up in Connecticut. So this has always felt more like home. Um, and I lived in Boston for 15 years almost prior to moving up here after I was done with chemo. Um, and it's just being just close to the ocean. Leah, our other sister. We have a brother that is a merchant marine now so but he's home when he's home and then my parents so it's amazing just to be close to family and nature and the ocean has always been part of our lives so um, I think salty too that's kind of where it comes from 
as well. But um, even when we were in Connecticut, we would always vacation in Maine. So Maine's always been a big part of our lives. And where do you hope to see your company going in the next five, ten years? I mean, (laughs) we'd love to be known nationally by people. We're definitely working with a lot of boutiques right now and wellness and cancer centers to um, provide our product as a resource to their uh, patients and customers. And then uh, we're speaking at a couple conferences coming up this fall. One in New York City, which is really exciting with, you know, being from little southern Maine. (laughs) Really great partnership with Dana Farber. Um, So we're doing their Young and Strong conference next uh, week. So yeah, I don't. I I we hope wanna... we. I hope we're able to touch as many lives yeah. as possible. Especially, um, I mean, our biggest message is really why we started with the cosmetic line too. I don't think we said this was after you lose your hair and especially your eyelashes. Putting on makeup becomes really difficult. So lipstick became really important to me. I put on a scarf because I just didn't like the wig, and um, I put on a colorful lipstick, and I felt empowered. I felt, okay, I kind of look like myself right now. Um, And we want to be able to share that message with women. And so whether you're going through treatment or some other kind of journey, that's that's how we want to share. That's what we want to share with women. Yeah. I think it's pretty special and pretty cool at the same time that we've developed a line that caters to women going through treatment and then women who um, don't have cancer. And so, you know, we all have something in common. Sisters Sarah Kelly and Leah Robert are the founders of Salty Girl Boutique and a natural cosmetic line called Salty Girl Beauty. Thanks for coming in today and thank you for bringing your product and your spirits, your beautiful spirits into the world. Thank Thank you you for having having us. Love Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristel, Portland Art Gallery, and Art Collector Maine. Audio production and original music are by Spencer Albee. Our editorial producers are Paul Koenig and Brittany Cost. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasik. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Rebecca Falzano, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.